Good morning and welcome in to the Cap and Jay Hood Morning Show on ESPN 1000 and streaming on the ESPN Chicago app with David Kaplan, Jonathan Hood with you. Now time for Shot or No Shot is brought to you by... That'd be Club Hawthorne Betting Bars, Jonathan J. Hood, featuring horse racing, video slots, sports betting through points bet, awesome craft beers, salads, cocktails, and a whole lot of fun. We say good morning to Shay W. North. Good morning, boys, on a Bears Friday ahead of Bears Packers. How are we this morning? We're awesome, man. We are ready to go. we got a national championship game to talk about on Monday, and we've got a full slate of NFL for this weekend. Should be fun. Oh, man, come on. So this show ends, I'm running to the car. In, grab my dogs, grab my better half, gone. Right up to Wisconsin. Let's go. What do you got on your dogs? A little sauerkraut, or what are you doing with the dogs? I'm going to walk them to the car. Well, that's good. I mean, I'm going to get Sparky to jump up into the car. Uh huh. Stanley, I got to lift up into the car. He's not as athletic as me. And (laughs) wait a minute. (laughs) All right. And away we go, man. Oh, baby. I, I could kick off right now. Well, let's not do Go that. Go for it. Let's not do that. Oh, opposite sides on that one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to see that. Go ahead. Hamstring pull there. We're good. <laughs> Every guy can bust. <laughs> Here's let's go. Shay Norley. Shay. <laughs> All right, let's get started with shot or no shot. Uh, it has maybe never been easier than it is right now to frame Bears versus Packers through the quarterbacks. Both Fields and Love are young, promising players, but the narrative's very different as we head into the offseason. Jordan Love looks like he's the quarterback of the future for Green Bay, while Justin Fields has been facing questions about potentially getting traded this offseason if the Bears choose to draft a quarterback. Regardless of what the Bears decide, whether they trade or keep Justin Fields, shot or no shot, Justin Fields needs to outplay Jordan Love on Sunday. That's a shot. That's a shot. But for a lot of different reasons, though, Cap. Mm -hmm. He needs to outplay Jordan Love because wherever he's going, staying as a bear, traded someplace else, he needs that for him. No matter the dancing after the wins, no matter the bravado, no matter how he handles the press, for him, I think that it's a milestone. Because, again, it just adds on to the LinkedIn resume. I mean, again, it's so up and down with Justin Fields. Whether people want to see that or not, I couldn't care less. I watch the games. That's all. I mean, I see the stats and I read the games, and so I know what Justin Fields is. And I also know what he's not. And I just think that this would be such a positive on his resume to be able to lead a team offensively to defeat the Packers at Lambeau Field, even though there's nothing to play for as far as the playoffs are concerned. So I would say, yeah, that is a shot. Something to play for. Yeah, it's absolutely a shot. Now, if you go out there and you ball out and you beat the Green Bay Packers, it's going to make it even tougher for Ryan Poles to go, <laughs> I'm drafting Caleb Williams. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, if you go out and uh, 38 to 20, they get pounded again. I'm tucking tail and trying to get to the car without getting harassed too much. <laughs> uh, 
people will be like, all right, whatever. That that would be a different scenario. But I truly think they're going in to win. I, this is not my heart. This is my gut. Your heart will lead you astray. I've always told my kids that in their love lives. Your heart and your other thing will lead you astray. Your gut will never lie to you. If you really think about it, my gut tells me that does, that's not right or that is. It will never, ever lie to you. My gut tells me we're winning the football game. Hmm. You mean that same gut that had the White Sox win the World Series in year two of that the wasn't, That wasn't a gut thing. What was that? That was just kind of... Out of your ass? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah, 100%. All that's right. what you were doing into the microphone. <laughs> it was just... All right. Well, that's fine. Uh, yeah, they won 93 games the first... I think they win the World Series. Cody, that's his bubble gut. Yeah, it sounds like it. <laughs> sounds like it. Hey, so. you know, let's not know what, but okay. Well, well, I think that this would be good for him. So, yeah, I think he needs to win. I think the Bears need to win. Agreed. I know we, we do this separation anxiety thing of Fields and the Bears. It's still the Bears. Remember the Tom Brenneman line? Enough already. When the Cubs were piling on the Reds. Yeah. We used to play it all of it. Enough already. Enough already to go you lose to these guys. Oh. Game after game after game after game. I remember. Oh, you mean that line. Here's Shay Norling. Shay? All right. A lot of people seem to think Ryan Poles. <laughs> Don't look. <laughs> one way or the other, a lot Good of people seem guy. to think that Ryan Poles has made his decision, whether he's going to keep Justin Fields or get rid of Justin Fields, draft a quarterback, keep Eberflus, get rid of Eberflus. People seem to think the decision's made. I'm a man of faith. A few other people seem to think the decision is not. So my question, they go up to Green Bay this weekend, and we know how important this game is to the Bears as an organization, the importance of beating the Packers. If they go up and win, shot or no shot, everybody stays. Everybody? Everybody. That's a shot. Look, I've said to you all week, all these people out there that couldn't design one NFL call, Luke Getz, he's horrible. He's not the devil, he's not Bill Walsh. He's somewhere in between. They schemed the other day that put up 37 or 38 points on Atlanta. Was beautifully designed. He had a really good day, and his quarterback had an even better day. But it could be the drizzling, you know, what's on Sunday. That's what we're talking about. The whole operation's inconsistent. How do I know? Look at the win-loss record. Agreed. Look at the losses coming into this. See, it, again, I, we're not giving out dilly bars because you beat Atlanta. That's just not good enough, Cap. I, 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 I'm not I disagreeing. Can't, I, can't, I can't say it any clearer to you that, yes, they beat Atlanta, and yes, they beat Arizona. You'd rather win those games and lose them. However, the inconsistency is why the Bears are buying that eight ball now. Correct. All right. But, you know, he's not the devil. And no, he's not Bill Walsh. But, it's, but he, like, here's one thing. He is inconsistent. No doubt about it. But is that because of his quarterback play? Is that because of a substandard offensive line a lot of the time he's been here? I can't answer that. I no. don't know. Well, the answer is yes to all of what you just said. Probably right. It's all of it, yes. But to just automatically assume, oh, we'll bring Eberflus back. We'll bring Justin back. We're getting a new offensive corner. A lot of guys are going to go, I'm not going over there. And I, I don't believe in a quarterback, A, or B. That coach may not be there in a year. 
It's not that easy. And to install another offense is a massive undertaking. Shay, I'm just not going to get the, the men in black device and just hold it up to people and say, you know what you saw at the beginning of the season? Just erase that, and let's just look at the four of the last five. Now, again, I'll take the trend of winning, but the, again, all of it matters. The entire resume of the 17 weeks matters. But if they go up there and win and they look good doing so, there is a chance all of them are back. If they lose, they, they're all coming back. That's what I think. I mean, Eberflus looks like that. That's, so he's more and more confident if, do you now. you think Getsy comes back if they lose? Yeah. <sighs> yeah, I do. I think, I, I think all I of think it. I think there's a ch- very strong chance Luke's back if Justin's back. If they change quarterbacks, all bets are off. It's not what I'm asking for, Shay, but I mean, I'm thinking that they're going to just roll everything right back. I mean, that, they'll be the new settlers. And they made an improvement from last season. Even there was just a few wins. I mean, that counts. That's fair. Well, I said preseason. My expectation was seven wins. It was the absolute yeah. floor. Yep. And they got to seven. So what am I supposed to do now, bitch? Because three of the losses didn't look pretty? No, it's not. We're not trying to get the Bears in the top 25 in the AP poll. Correct. That's not, that's not what this is about. And seven, I think we agreed as a show that seven was the number. And seven, there might be seven and ten before it's all squared away. What I'm saying is, is that we cannot turn a blind eye to what the offense looked like early. Yeah, I agree. Like, I think, Hoodie, I'd probably be more willing than you to get the Men in Black flashlight thing out and and wipe some memories about the first four weeks because, like, offensively, I think things still needed to change, but the defense was the real problem the first four weeks, and that did change. Allen Williams got out, Eberflus started calling plays, you acquired some talent, and all of a sudden your defense looks like a top-ten unit. I think it's more important that it looks good at the end than that it looks good at the beginning. Agreed. Okay, but I, I, again, that, spe- that speaks to this season. I, can you tell me for sure that carries over? That's the hope. I don't know that for sure. Correct. Correct. So you have a proven track record of success. You can't predict it. That's all. That's all I'm asking for. I just, you know, but it's a dangerous game to keep changing offensive coordinators and asking him to learn another offense. It's it's not that easy. I've asked enough guys. How hard? Oh, it's super hard. Until it becomes easily to just think, just react, 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 instead of having to think about all of it. Jay Moore Hoodie's going to need that on his board. No problem. There's space. Another one. <laughs> this is amazing. So, we'll how, see. How difficult is it, Cap? It's hard. <laughs> Here's Shane Norris, Shane. Another one. Well, we've been talking a lot about offensive coordinator. If the Bears do decide to keep Justin Fields, they could decide also to move on from Luke Getze. And there is a name out there who sounds at least like he might be interested. Former Ravens offensive coordinator Greg Roman. Yeah, because he's at home. He doesn't have a job. Of course he's at home, and of course he doesn't have a job. But he also built the Kaepernick offense that took the Niners to a Super Bowl. He also built the uh, Ravens offense that got Lamar Jackson a MVP, and he built the Bills offense that got Tyrod Taylor a Pro Bowl. All mobile guys, and he just told the 33rd team, quote, they're building something, and that kid, Justin Fields, has a chance to be special. Shot or no shot, the Bears should hire Greg Roman if they keep Justin Fields. I I don't know him from Roman who owns the flooring company that we used. I don't know enough about Roman Greg didn't Ro- build the Lamar Jackson offense. No. Well, guess what? <laughs> if he's so freaking good, why is he sitting on his couch eating chips on Sunday? Nobody in the league wanted him. Yay. Nobody. And they fired him in Baltimore. Yeah. Get out. Yeah. Roman wasn't built in the day. 
Correct. That's wrong. Oh. <laughs> Why do I want... I don't know enough about Greg Roman, but if he's so freaking good in a league star for offensive productivity, why has he got a bag of Stacy's pita chips and Daisy Dips on Sundays? Nobody. They don't even have him in his... Hey, can we get you as an offensive consultant? No. Get out. So, But you know how the NFL works. I mean, he'll get a job someplace because there's no new ideas in the NFL. They'll find it. He'll find a way to be back on someone's like, roster. Like I thought it was super cool that Jim Harbaugh said we got, or John Harbaugh said we got to be better. Mm-hmm. Get out, Greg Roman, yep. and he went and got Todd Munkin from Georgia. Yep. Technically, Roman resigned. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Right. I, they allowed him to resign. Right. He resigned so he could get his money. Yes. There, you resign, and nobody else in the league wanted him. Nobody. Right. And he's going to roll in here and be our savior. Spare me. That's a shot. Shay? Beautiful. Uh, all right. The Cubs still have not acquired a major league player in this offseason via trade or free agency. <laughs> Hold on. There is something in the ESPN headlines that grabbed my attention. Uh, the, they are the only team left without an acquisition at the major league level this season via trade or hmm. signing. We know the Cubs need pitching help, and we also know they love a one-year reclamation project. One of baseball's most notorious figures, say it. Trevor Bauer, is campaigning for a return to Major League Baseball, saying he knows he made, quote, mistakes and, quote, did a lot of damage. But he believes he is still one of the best pitchers on earth and he wants a second chance. So, shot or no shot, the Cubs' one-year deal for Trevor Bauer. I Let me be, be clear here. I love the Cubs. My favorite team. If they sign Trevor Bauer, that would make me puke. I'll puke all over this console. Whoa. He's a bad person. He's a horrible teammate. Mm-hmm. They, they, you remember this. Multiple teams said, get out. We don't want him anywhere around our locker room. Cleveland. Uh, where else was he? Cincinnati. Dodgers. The Dodgers. Mm-hmm. All out. No. I don't care if he says, I'll give you guys $50 million. I just want to pitch. No, thank you. <laughs> I would say uh, that he's probably closer to a White Sox than a Cub. They, no chance. Jerry would never, ever entertain that. No chance. Trevor, please sit down. Would you like a nice soup? Uh, two soups, please. Now, Trevor, let's talk a little bit. All right. So was she hot? That's the question. <laughs> wow. Why would you take so much abuse? Why would you do it? Why would you do that? I mean, your sexual proclivities. I don't understand it. I get punched in the face. Why would I do that? Could you imagine Jerry having the heart to heart? Wow. <laughs> well, put a, a clause in your contract, okay? Never get beat up. How about that? He's a bad guy. I, I, no, thank you, hard pass. Just saying, man. I don't care if you guaranteed me he'd win 20 games. I don't want him. Yeah. Cap, anything's possible in Major League Baseball. But do you think that he'd be blackballed across the, the league because of yes. his uh, background? Yes. Okay. Yes. Don't think he'd be with the White Sox, huh? I mean, Sox really need some pitching. They do. Badly. They do. <laughs> Badly. No. There's a reason he's sitting out there because he has no leverage. He can take... All right, we'll give you a million bucks. No. Teams are not going to How do you go to a sponsor and go, that's our new 
acquisition right there. Yeah. Partners aren't going to want to be part of that. And to your point, more in baseball, almost in any sport, that culture matters because you're with, you're around each other from February to hopefully October, and you got to deal with that. You're with your teammates Jesus. more than your family during the season. Yeah, especially him and dealing with him from spring training on. Correct. Oh gosh, never mind about his outside issues. Just in the locker room, that would be a problem. Yeah, out. All right, that is our uh, shot or no shot. Let's uh, do the picks. On the Captain J. Hood Morning Show here on ESPN 1000 and streaming on the ESPN Chicago app, we ask you to check out the podcast. If you can't listen to all three hours, check out the ESPN Chicago app. Download it. Catch all the podcasts, all the shows, including Captain J. Hood. We have our own tab right there on the ESPN Chicago app. The picks every Friday brought to you by... That would be Marquee Sports Network. Catch the Bears. Tom Waddle, Tom Thayer, Taylor McGregor, Cole Wright. Maybe a sighting of an Elise Meneker, a Carlos Pena, a Ryan Sweeney, a Ryan Dempster. All on marquee all season long here again is Shane Norland. All right, we have the standings as we enter week 18 where the games are fake and the points aren't real. You got to really know who's active and inactive this week. Last week, Hoodie 7-4 and four, takes the belt, but still four games behind Jay Moore in the overall standings as Jay Moore looks to run away with this thing. The brother. In the picks. Oh, we absolutely. get started collegiately. Number one, Michigan, a four and a half point favorite against number two, Washington, in the national championship game Monday night. Hoodie. I abstain. We move on to Cap. Cap? Not allowed. Make a pick, drop a pair. Let's go. What's the over? Do you have that, uh, Shay? 200. I don't know. No, I'm just, I am curious. I like Michigan minus four and a half against Washington. That would not be my play, though. I like to take a look at the total. 56 and a half. I like the total there in that matchup, um, more so than anything else. But Michigan, look how how strong they were to survive against Alabama. Washington putting it on Texas from an offensive standpoint. I think Michigan's defense cap will be strong enough to be able to hang in there and win this game. I like Michigan minus four and a half against Washington. Yeah, I'm not a Michigan man. I'm an Ohio State guy, so I will not root for Michigan. I hope they get just eviscerated. You're an Ohio State fan. Is that what you just said? Yes. Okay, you know, your favorite team from Ohio State over the years. Which one? That would probably be with the Archie Griffin years when he won back-to-back Heismans with Woody Hayes. I loved Woody Hayes. He was amazing. Um, How old are you? Well, don't answer old. that. Yeah. Uh, I will take the Washington Huskies plus the four and a half. Would not be surprised if they win this game outright, but I think getting the points... The only concern I have is the Michigan front four against the Washington O-line. If Washington can handle the front four, they're winning the football game. Give me the Huskies. Yeah, I think that's the key, Cappy. I think Michigan has an advantage on both lines of scrimmage. Michigan likely to have the better run game depending on the health of Washington's running back, Dylan Johnson, after he got hurt at the end of the semifinal game. I don't want it to happen, but I'm going to pick it because if I win, I'm right. And if I lose, I paid for Michigan to lose. I'm going to take Michigan laying the four and a half. I think they put Washington in a bag and punt them out of Houston. Has the, has the uh, line moved at all public money-wise? There was a quick bump to five, and then it came back to four and a half. Okay. But the public is heavy on Washington. Okay. Jay Moore. 
I agree with Shay as well as Hoodie. I think Harbaugh is going to get his first taste of success and ride off in the sunset. These guys did it. These guys did it, man. <laughs> I'm going go with back. Michigan. The Texans, one and a half point favorites in Indianapolis Saturday night. A win and get in game for the Texans and the Colts, potentially. Hoodie. Bendard. I think that uh, the Texans, uh, they, a win and they're in. I believe that is a scenario for Houston. I like they the, could win the division if Jacksonville loses. Yeah, so I, I like the Texans on the road against Indianapolis. Give me the Texans minus one and a half. They've been on a roll. They have a lot to play for in this spot. I like the Texans outright. I like the Colts. Texans have had a very, very good year. They're a little banged up. They're at the Colts, and Indianapolis with Gardner Minshew will win the football game. Let's go, Mike. Uh, I am also taking the Colts, a division dog at home against a rookie quarterback in a huge spot to try to make the playoffs. I don't love the situation for Houston. I will take the Colts. Right. Stroud has had a great rookie campaign, and I think the Texans will pull it off and, and maybe win the division. Dear Lord. The Cleveland Browns head on the road to take on the Cincinnati Bengals, and the Browns have a lot of inactives. So many that the Bengals are seven-point favorites because the Browns are starting Dr- Jeff Driscoll at quarterback. Cody. Crack is whack. Okay, so looking at this matchup, I love the Bengals. Minus seven. Again, the quarterback situation you got to keep your eyes on very closely. The Joe Flacco experience has reached new heights for the Browns. It's been a, a great spot, you know, giving Cleveland a playoff spot, but I like the Bengals minus seven in this one. Yeah, the Browns are just punting on the football game, so give me the Bengals minus the seven. Although, when Jeff Driscoll started against the Bear a few years ago, he actually played reasonably well. But uh, I'll go Bengals. Throw it from behind. I'm actually going to take the Browns getting the seven, and I know they're punting on the game, but since he's eliminated, I don't think they're just going to go out and blow anybody out. Feels like this is just a low-scoring game where you take the points. Price went up. Yesterday's price is not today's price. I am rolling with the Browns. It's going to be a defensive game because a lot of the Bengals are ready to, uh, what, 3-2-1 uh, Cancun? <laughs> they ready to go. Yes. Show me that app. <laughs> The Tampa Bay Bucks, with a chance to clinch the division with a win, are four-and-a-half-point favorites in Carolina. Hood. I like the Buccaneers, minus four-and-a-half against the Panthers. Panthers have been lousy. Bucks will have enough. And by the way, you talk about that program. People are wondering about Todd Bowles and his future. That looks good right now. Really good. Looks and good Baker Mayfield's played himself into a pretty nice contract. I will go with the Buccaneers. That gets it wet. Yeah, Bucks have a bounce-back spot here after what happened to them, getting shut out, basically, against uh, the New Orleans Saints last week. I think they go up to Carolina and just put them in a body bag. I'll take Tampa Bay. Can't do it. I'm rolling with the Bucks as well. It's unanimous. The New York football Jets travel to New England to take on the Patriots, who are one-and-a-half-point favorites. Hoodie. I'll ask you this, Shay, before I make my pick. This one thing through 16 weeks that you have not said as a Patriots fan, you have not said if the if the players from the Patriots have separated themselves from Bill Belichick. You know, we mentioned this with Atlanta uh, and other teams, but there isn't this feeling in New England like the like the players are ready for Belichick to go, right? You haven't heard that, have you? Think a little bit. When Play, Jack, the players? When Jack Jones got that pick six, the one-handed interception against the Chargers, Jack Jones got 
cut by New England, and the Raiders picked him up. And Matthew Judon, Patriots edge rusher, went on Twitter and said, this is what happens when you play for guys who believe in you. So I think there it might not show so much on the defensive side, but there's a little bit of a split. Okay, because this is this could be it for Bill here on Sunday, Cap. Correct. So I like I like the Patriots minus one and a half against the Jets, and maybe the swan song for Bill. Yeah, I think the Patriots hammer them pretty good. Yeah. So give me the Patriots. I am picking with my heart here for the love of God. Lose, just lose, just protect the pick and lose. I'll go Jets. Going with the Patriots, they will pay play for pride. And send Bill Belichick off. Lose, please, God. Don't don't play for pride. Have some respect. Lose the game. All right. Vikings at Lions. Lions three and a half point favorites at Ford Field. They are hanging a banner pregame hoodie. They are? Yes. Can't wait till next year? Nope. I think it's awesome. I, I think that's awesome. Is that does ring night banner night? Is that an effect? <laughs> I think the Lions will win the games outright and they can cover three and a half, but boy. Is there any effect on ring night or banner night for the Lion? Yeah, it usually goes the other way. Dan Campbell said they are coming in ready to go. That this, They're taking this game very seriously. Give me my guy, Dan Campbell. Give me the Lion. Honolulu blue for me. What was his quote? Play with controlled aggression, something like that? Something like that, yeah. I'm going to go with the Lions as well. I don't think that they're looking at an eliminated Vikings as an opportunity to rest. I think the Lions want to be as strong as possible going into the playoffs. I will take Detroit. I agree with Shea. I agree with Shea and rolling with the Lions. Cowboys laying 13 points in Washington as they take on the Commanders, who will start Sam Howell. Hoodie. The Cowboys all the way, 13, and that'll be the all for Ron Rivera. That'll be his swan song. Get out. That'll be it. They're not going to play hard for him. They're going to lay down. That'll be all for the Commanders. Give me the Cowboys minus 13. Yeah, the Commanders are going to play for Ronnie. They're not going to save his job. But give me the Commanders. Yes. What, what did we say earlier, Jay Moore? 3 2 1 Cancun. That's the Washington <laughs> Commanders. End the season. Get the F out of that horrible stadium. And let's just move on with our lives. Cowboys go in there and drop a bomb. I'm taking Dallas. Tune in. I agree with Shay. I am rolling with the Cowboys. Cap out. All right. The, this is one of the most interesting games on the board. The LA Rams, starting Carson Wentz, take on the San Francisco 49ers without. Brock Purdy, Christian McCaffrey, and starting Sam Darnold. The Niners are four-point favorites. Hoodie. I like the Rams, plus four. The Rams are quite the story that we have not talked about, Cap. A team that you thought rebuilding, older. They found a way, but it starts with defense first for them. This is not, this is one of the more unexpected stories, the Rams, for them, how they were at the beginning of the season and where they are right now. Questions about McVay, whether or not he'd be around or not. But it starts with the defense first. The Rams win the game outright, and uh, they cover the four on the road. Yeah, I think the Rams win the game outright as well. I expect Eric Dickerson to have a big day. James Harris (laughs) at quarterback. Uh Deacon Jones, Merlin Olsen, and all the greats are all going to be in action on Sunday. Give me the Rams. Cap, in a similar vein, I'm looking forward to seeing Torrey Holt catch passes from Carson Wentz. It's going to be very exciting. On Sunday, I am taking the Rams as well. You've got Wentz playing to stay in the league against a Niners team that's basically resting their best players. I'll go with the Rams. I agree. The greatest show on turf is back. <laughs> I'm rolling with the Rams, man. That would be me. All right, the Eagles, who have struggled 
mightily lately are laying five and a half points on the road against the New York football Giants. Hoodie. <laughs> well, Eagles are just going in the wrong direction. But I believe that the Giants also, 3-2-1 uh, Cancun. Give me the Eagles. They can do enough to be able to get past the Giants on the road. Eagles minus five and a half straight up. Happy New Year. Whew, tough, they just, huh? They're struggling. Yeah. And the Giants play for their guy. But I'm going to take the Eagles. I'm going to hold my nose and go, they're going to right the ship. Give me the Make Eagles. Make me feel better. I, I heard Carmen DeFalco talk about this yesterday, and I'm in the same boat as him. I have an under 11 and a half wins ticket on the Eagles that I never thought would still be alive. And so I'm betting with my heart once again. The New York Giants cover the five and a half and win outright. G-Men! <laughs> I'm probably with the Eagles. Uh, yeah, I'm with Jay Moore. Yeah. Bills laying two and a half as they travel to Miami. Sunday night football and AFC East championship game. Hoodie. Well, if this was on the road in Orchard Park, I'd say the Dolphins would get blitzed. And I know they didn't play well last week, but I think they'd write the ship enough to be able to cover that number. Give me the Dolphins plus two and a half at home against Buffalo. All right, you guys. As Vic Fangio said at the press conference yesterday, Josh Allen is John Elway on steroids. He goes, and I don't mean he's taking steroids. That guy is freaky good. Give me my Buffalo Bills. That's right, baby. Blue, red, and white. Going to win the day in Miami. You know that. Let's go. You will actually get carpal tunnel if you try to uh, scroll through the Dolphins' injury report. 19 players on it. It is longer than a CVS receipt. Jalen Waddle may not play. Bradley Chubb will not play. They're missing a ton of pieces here. Mm -hmm. I think Buffalo goes down, wins the AFC East, ends up the two seed in the AFC, covers the two and a half, and Miami might miss the playoffs. No, doctor. It's my quarterback. They're not missing the playoffs. Huh? They not? No. Okay. Well, I'm rolling with the Bills, so. (laughs) Thank you very much. Thank you very much. (laughs) Go Wyoming. All right, the final game on the slate. Bears at Packers. Packers laying three. Two African-American quarterbacks starting against each other in the Super Bowl for the first time. Fittingly... February 12th is Abe Lincoln's birthday. Here we go with the highlights. The number of seats is to make me laugh because he's so ridiculous. Well, because of that, I like the Bears. Plus three. Why not, Cap? It's the last game of the regular season. Is that right? That is correct. Okay, last game of the regular season. So the our last football Friday of the 2023 season. Huh. Guess what? Huh. The Bears are winning. They are. And they're covering that three. They're not only covering the three, they're winning the football game. Yes. Get ready. Enjoy your weekend. Make sure you stretch so when you're out of your seat on Sunday about 6.30. Relief. Yes, sir! It will feel like you have just the day after Thanksgiving cleaned yourself out. That's how good it'll feel. Bears win. Give me the bear. 
two African-American quarterbacks. Somehow the metaphor he went with was grosser than the one that I thought he was going to oh go with. God. Every guy can bust. <laughs> that was... Boy. Uh, all right, I'm also going to go with... I'm going to go with the Bears as well. I do think they go up to Lambeau, and I do think they win. Jordan Love looked great last week against the Vikings, but I think that Flores blitz or nothing defense... The cracks have started to show. You leave a lot of receivers super open. Jordan Love through the passes. Bears aren't going to do that. I'm going with the beloved. The brother. All right. It's unanimous, and I'm rolling with the Bears as well, so let's wish them luck. You know, but it was at stake, though, Jay Moore, in this game. Anything. Two African-American quarterbacks. <laughs> wow. Thank you, Berman. By the way, can I say happy birthday to someone, please? Sure, sure you can here on WGN. Go ahead. Virginia McCaskey turns 101 today. 101! Do you know how insanely cool that is? 101. Happy birthday, Virginia McCaskey. The question is, does Sister Jean give her a call? They may go clubbing. <laughs> I think so. The, the, hundred, the hundred and over club? Hello, Jean? Sure. It's Virginia. What about Tao for dinner this weekend? <laughs> That's <laughs> still eating well, even after at that age. Yes. All right. We will hear from the great Courtney Cronin with the latest on the Bears and Packers. That's coming up next. Cap and Jay Hood, weekday mornings, 7 to 10. Welcome back. Welcome, Welcome back to Cap and Jay Hood on Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN Chicago. Keep your beak out of this. Courtney Cronin. National Chicago Bears reporter for ESPN. You have to temper expectations if you are a Bears fan, just given everything that this team had to kind of undo. Breaking down the Bears and the latest NFL storylines. Poles was given the flexibility and the freedom to take this thing down to the ground floor, down to the studs, to be able to build it back up. Courtney Cronin with Captain Jay Hood on ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. Captain Jay Hood on ESPN 1000, the ESPN Chicago app. This time every Friday during the football season, we talk to Courtney Cronin, who covers the Bears like a blanket for ESPN.com, and she's on the hotline. That be the Car X Tire and Auto Hotline. Rattle, rattle, thunder, clatter, boom, boom, boom. Don't worry, call the Car X Man. Good morning, Courtney. How are you? I'm great, guys. It's been a minute. Happy New Year to you. It's great to have you back Happy on New here Year. with us. Uh, this is my first foray to Lambo. You've been there many times. It's going to be a lit environment. What are you expecting in terms of the Bears aren't going anywhere, but it's the Packers. There's a lot at stake, right? Of course. And I know how it's being received right now with what Matty Berflew said. That they're trying to keep it about them. They're not trying to make it about the rivalry. He has to say those things because if you start going full tilt like Dan Campbell and saying that they're going in there with everything to gain by beating the Packers and, you know, blank green bay, et cetera, et cetera, then then you end up making it not about what you are going there to do, which is to get yourself an 8-9 and nine record. But it's very clear that everyone else feels that this rivalry carries a magnitude now where they can finally – start to turn the tide. I mean, it would be their first win since 2018. We were talking with John Hoke, the cornerbacks coach yesterday, and that idea about it being just another game was presented off the top. And he's like, it's Green Bay. Like he said it just in a very matter of fact way, but it's Green Bay. And of course that's felt 
the magnitude of that is felt by a lot of people inside that building. And of course, this one carries so much more in terms of what it would mean to ownership, what it would mean to potentially some decisions that have to be made early next week, as early as Monday. But it's a big one, and you can see why they put it in that uh, late afternoon time slot because the Packers have everything on the line in terms of the playoffs. And you know, the Bears play in spoiler to that not isn't just about you know affecting their number one rival throughout the test of time. It's the momentum that you get to carry into the offseason, ending things on a high note instead of the way that things ended last year where they were just looking towards the draft. What do you remember, Courtney, about that first game for the Bears and Packers? There was a lot of juice in the building. Bears fans uh, were very excited about this one. What do you remember about the ebb and flow of that game? So I go back to Wednesday of that week because I remember asking – Justin Fields a question about, look, Aaron Rodgers is out of the division, and you can finally start to maybe find some even ground here between yourself, Jordan Love, you're drafted around the same time. Like, it doesn't have to feel as one-sided. And somebody, one of these fans, screenshotted his face. I don't know exactly which part of the answer it was to my question, but he kind of, like, had this, like, look like what are you asking me right now lady and it makes sense because look at how they started the season like that feeling of whiplash and I think you go back and you can look in hindsight that the expectations for this team to come in and thunder into year two of this rebuild what players what coaches what executives are feeling internally was that hey we still got a ways to go and that was certainly reflected and I think the answer that Fields gave me that day of you know, we're just trying to win a game here. It's not a rivalry until you can start evening out the record. But also how they came out in that game. They gave up 38 points on defense. Offensively, they couldn't get anything going. And that feeling of whiplash, like what the hell just happened? That was what I remember most from that locker room at Soldier Field following week one because no one knew what to really expect in that game because of Jordan Love and the new you know, all the change that Green Bay had been dealing with, but also where the Bears were at this point of the rebuild, the first game of the season. And now, 17 weeks later, it feels like a different team. I mean, Mike uh, Dave Borgonzi, their linebackers coach, said it yesterday, that this defense feels like a brand-new defense from the defense that you know took the field and allowed Jordan Love to throw three touchdowns in week one. Okay, so here's my question for you. This is not about the game, so to speak. But I get all these tweets like this guy, independent thinker, just tweeted me. Fields with Matt LaFleur would be a top five, if not a top three quarterback in the NFL. And for the life of me, why is it so effing hard for the Bears and Poles to figure that out? And I, I had the, t- the tweet responded to, and I said, stop yourself. No, he would not be. And then I went... I don't need 9,000 Justin Fields fanboys coming back at me. (laughs) Have you ever seen an athlete in this town who is more divisive and through no fault of his own? He's a great dude. Like, Jay was divisive, Cutler, because he was a jag. Derek Rose, he can't get on the court. He's hurt. He's this. He's that. But this one, I have never, ever in my life seen it where – if you give a, a rational opinion, I think Caleb Williams or Drake May or Courtney Cronin would be better at quarterback. You get called some of the most vicious things ever. Have you seen it like this? 
Not no. I'll say it for like quarterbacks. Um, when I covered Minnesota, the Kirk fan, Kirk Cousins fan base, those who said he could do no wrong, that it was the offensive coordinator's fault, that it was protection's fault, that it was Dalvin Cook's fault, like all of the excuses that they gave to the quarterback, that still like it still felt like a pretty divided. You know, you've got a very loud part of the fan base that was anti-Kirk, which probably like forty percent, and then a sixty percent of the fans in Minnesota were like, yeah, like, you know, they paid Kurt to get here. Like they haven't had many losing seasons. They've made the playoffs, but they still never got back to the NFC championship, which was the goal the entire time. But it wasn't as polarizing as it is here. And I know that every time I open my mouth and I say that it feels like a 50, 50 divide, I get crucified for it. But what you have to remind yourself is that the majority of the people on Twitter who are making this such a loud argument, like that's, that's a small majority of the fan base. Like not everyone is on social media voicing their opinions. We have people who call into this station who feel one way about it and feel another way about it. I don't think you can get a true consensus based on the comments in your Twitter feed. Like that to me is just, it's just, it's such a, it's short sighted to think that that speaks for everyone. What annoys me about the Justin Fields conversation is the people who think it's a slam dunk one way or the other. Like, I respect Seth Walder. He's my colleague at ESPN. He's an analytics guy. He had a tweet yesterday that really grinded my gears. I know what it was. He said, like, you know, a fourth-year quarterback who's never finished higher than 15th in QBR or an elite prospect, quarterback prospect on a fresh deal, it's not a hard call. It's barely a choice at all. And then the flip side of that are the people who say, Look at Justin Fields. Look at his command of the locker room. Look at how he's performed in these last five, six games. How could you possibly move on? It's a slam dunk that you keep him. It's not a slam dunk either way. If it was, then, then anybody could literally do the job that Ryan Poles is doing. And we know it's a, like, I proclaimed this the other day with Waddle. 2024 for me is the year of nuance, where we can have nuanced conversations about how difficult these decisions are to make. And that's why this is such a clouded thing. And it it is a conundrum. A lot of people have told me that's the wrong word to use when it comes to the quarterback here. It's, I cannot find an easy path to this. Like every radio show I go on, when they ask me, what would you do? You have to break it into, well, I would do this, but I think the team's going to do this, but you can lean this way. There's so many scenarios to comb through here. So it's, I mean, the next couple months, it's going to get louder. And like the one thing I, I keep going back to when I think about universally loved athletes, and you guys tell me if I'm wrong on this, because I've thought on it for like Chicago athletes. I mean, of course, Michael Jordan goes into, you know, falls into that, but more recently, but still not in the time of, of social media, wouldn't Sammy Sosa for a while fall into that category too? Not like this. Not like the Hoodie, you were around okay. those times. Now I was around the team. I mean, I no. was doing their shows. It, Sammy was divisive to some, yes, but mm-hmm. his success level was so high. Sixty-six, yeah. three only guy to ever hit sixty or more in three straight year or three different years. So he wasn't like Justin. They have moments where he looks terrible. Right. Sammy never had that. And, and the difference, sure. and the difference, Courtney is the social media era. Now, yeah. maybe Sosa would have been that if, if Twitter was around or social media was around. But all you had is comments. You know, to the uh, letters to the editor or letters to the columnist in the newspaper. Right. That's that's the difference. Right. The infancy of the internet, you know, was was not uh, built in which you can put comments in the below of a a, a column on ESPN.com or the Athletic. 
And I think that's the difference. Maybe it would have been that case, but it wasn't that loud roar. It was just sports talk radio and columnists. That was it and during that time. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it would be really interesting to like be able to measure how it would be now, but that's the only one I could think of in terms of the 50-50 split. But, I mean, Sammy had success. Like Justin's had some, but not to the level of, you know, a franchise-altering player. Sammy was, was an part MVP. Of the greatest home run race in, in our era. Like, yeah, Sammy yeah. won the MVP. Yes. Yeah. Now, you talk about polarizing. As a White Sox, Sammy definitely was polarizing. He could never hit the cutoff man. Correct. More from Courtney coming up next as we talk Bears and Packers on the home of the Bears, ESPN 1000. <laughs> Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Twitch at ESPN 1000 Chicago. Cap and Jay Hood are back on Chicago's Home for Sports. ESPN Chicago. Cap and Jay Hood on ESPN 1000 and streaming on the ESPN Chicago app. Don't forget we got the Friday folder coming your way at 935. Some things that we might have missed. And also Tracy Butler with the weekend weather in Chicago and Green Bay and everywhere else. Tracy will be with us coming up at 950. Courtney, tell us about, for someone who's never been to Lambeau Field, what that experience is like from finding parking to being able to go into uh, the actual stadium. What's that whole process like? Oh, my God. If you want to talk about the parking situation, you need to keep me on for the 9 o'clock hour. Um, I'm kidding. Like it's, We're thinking about it. I don't know. Like, I mean, the, go park in someone's lawn. It's, it's part of the experience of going to Lambeau Field. And Cap, you said you've never been? I've Did never been. Right? Never been. Okay. Because well, I was always Tidal in the Town studio Brewing, doing the post game, so I never got a chance. Sure. Of course. And so this is going to be, I'm going to give you the itinerary for what you're going to do because you've got the 325 games. You can get up there early. You can park in one of the neighborhoods around Town Brewing. It's all near the stadium. It's from 20, 30 bucks to park in someone's lot. It's easy in, easy out. Um, and then go to Town, go there, drink, have fun, pregame, watch the other games, and you go into the stadium it's cold because those are most places, unless you're sitting in a suite, those are metal bleachers still. So you're going to want to bring a blanket and dress warm. One of the coldest live hits I've ever done was on the field. That becomes a frozen tundra when it gets below, you know, 30 degrees. And it's, but it's, it's one of the coolest environments in football. And it, players you talk to, as you pull them about their best, favorite places to play, like even opposing players love playing there because it's just, it's football Americana at its finest. And I'm, I'm excited to hear your report back and make sure you get some cheese curds. Cause that's, you know, that's quintessential Wisconsin. So two things I have for you. One, we've been talking about Luke Getze. He spoke yesterday, talked about his relationship with Justin, all of that. I do not believe unless there's some, you know, Bill Walsh disciple that says, I, I really want to work for Matt Eberflus. I don't care if he's on tenuous ground going into the next season if he's here. I don't think you change offensive coordinators if you're bringing Eberflus and Justin back. To ask him to learn another offensive system, I've asked enough people that played in the league. They're like, dude, an install is not an easy thing here. You don't just Take go. two years. Exactly. You don't just roll out and, okay, let's try a new system. No. So I'm bringing him back if the others are coming back. Do you agree? I agree. Like, I am, I'm on. If that's the scenario that they decide they're going to run it back with all, with, with Eberflus and with Fields, and the missing link there is, is Getze, you bring Getze back in that circumstance because you'd be asking Justin to learn his third offense in four years that takes 
a lot of time to learn. It takes a year to learn the verbiage alone. And then on top of that, it's the, it would be if you break that cycle, that's the same old bears sort of mindset where you've got, you know, over and over and over again. It's the quarterback. And then a year or two later, you end up changing the coach or you change the coach and then you change the quarterback. If you don't have continuity in between like those three positions, over a two to, I would think, three-year period, then you're just perpetuating the same thing that this organization has done, which it's been trying to get out of for a while. So that means that Eberflus in 2024, let's say they run all three back. Eberflus in 2024, it's a must-win year for him. Same thing with Luke Getze. And then for Justin Fields, you know, they would commit to the fifth-year option. There's no way you bring him back if you don't do that. Um, but you'd also probably be talking extension. This offseason, you don't want to get to the point where you're one foot in, one foot out. If you bring him back for 2024, like you've got to already be thinking, okay, what we do in the draft all around Justin, like this has to be the guy that we're willing to commit 300 million plus to. And that's a hard decision to know right now when it still feels like it's an incomplete grade on what you've seen. But in that scenario, you've got to be thinking, okay, I don't want to, you can't bring another quarterback in. Because that would, again, mess up the timeline of, you know, is Eberflus going to be here beyond 2024? You'd be, you'd be doing the same thing over again, the same thing that they did with the last coaching staff and last, you know, decision, uh, the front office. So I, I'm with you, Cap. I think that's if they go that route, then it's the, it's the same group of, at those three positions for 2024. Courtney, as always, we appreciate the time. Thanks for coming on the show. I still have. I'm just going to – I'll end with this. I have a Deer Path in pen hoodie that I have to give you. It's been sitting in my car for, I don't know, five months since you said that, like, you lost someone took your Deer Path in pen. Yes. So I, I stole one the last time I was there, which was September. I stole one Damn. from from the, uh, the, you know, the check after they give it to you. I took that pen. So this is a capital offense. And it's been sitting in my car, and I noticed it this morning. I'm like, I'm going to tell him this because every time I look at it, I remember, God, i got to give it to him. So next time I see you... In studio, you're getting your Deer Path in pen. Oh, you know what? It's so cool. Courtney steals for me. How about that? She steals for me. I love that. I hope there's nobody listening from CPD right now. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Thank you very much for the pen. I'll see you in, la- in uh, uh, Green Bay. Sounds good. Bye, guys. See you. It is Courtney Cronin with us on the hotline. Ty- uh, Car X Tire and Auto Hotline. Rattle, rattle, thunder, clatter, boom, 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 brother. Are you expecting a win on Sunday? Do you believe a win or a loss changes the Bears' decisions this offseason? Something that Courtney just mentioned to us just moments ago we have to discuss as well regarding Justin Fields' future. That's in two minutes on Cap and J. Hood.